Hi everybody, it's your boy Tom Lynn here with the second episode of the Sick Dad Comedy Podcast. Um, this episode is a little bit different. Um, this week we had uh, Big Joe and Glenn stop by and we actually um, are doing a live reading of my book, Dark Brigade, Door Runs Gold. Now this book, um, I was in my early 20s I guess and we used to play D&D a lot and then we stopped being able to play D&D because I think a couple of the guys moved away and then I kind of just ended up taking the characters and wrote this like short story thing I don't know why it's not very good <laughs> but um so we just kind of um read through it we each take a section and just read through it uh, we take turns, and then, um, what else? But, um, we ended up getting a little bit, um, hammered <laughs> during the process of this, so it kind of ends up being weird. The audio quality gets kind of weird, but, um, uh, we had a really fucking good time. Um, but yeah, um, if you like the show and you want to help out, please go on iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Um, that would really help. Um, but yeah, other than that, we're just going to get right into it. Here we go. Hey fatties, welcome to the Sick Duck Comedy Podcast with your host, Tom Blinn. And remember, you're a sick, sick duck. <laughs> Joe's taint itches really bad right now. This she fucking boy, uh, Tom Blinn. We about to read Dark Brigade, Dorwin's Gold, and it begins like this. So we begin. Filthy humans! He snarls as he walks away from the corpse. The beast-like creature wipes the blood from his blade. His sizable nostrils flare as he breathes. The moon seems to evoke a mere greenish tint as the air becomes thick enough to chew as they feel another presence. They hover over their just unearthed treasure, which contains more wealth than they could have ever imagined. More wealth than anyone could have. No one was going to tear it away from them. We've earned this, day after day, week after week, he reminds his brother Phineas. He stands a true marksman, yet merely bones compared to his brother Gildar. They nod in agreement. Show yourself, you coward! Shrieks the smaller goblin, knocking an arrow. A shudder emerges from the tree line, noticing the prize standing in awe of its lust. Gildar runs toward it, long sword at the ready. Tell me your business, or I shall kill you, just like your comrade. I'm, I'm not with him. I was just hunting boar and heard a tar, heard a racket. He pleaded, crippled with fear. Please let me go. He knows it's too late for him to pull off a spell. These guys are serious and lucky, he thinks to himself. Why would I do that? So you could follow me and steal it? I can help you if you let me go. A weakling like you? Help me? He laughs. I can heal your wounds. How? Magic. What is this magic you speak of? He states, lowering his longsword. Taking a sigh of relief, the orc lowers his shroud. He holds his head high. Unsure, they allow him to proceed, still defensive, ready at a moment's notice. The sky darkens. A bright red aura grows within the creature's claws as he raises them into the air. He chants an indecipherable language. The aura now becomes a cloud, which senses the brothers before engulfing them. Feelings of weightlessness and rejuvenation overwhelm, the cloud now turning dull greenish color as it wears off and they land. What was this new experience, this magic? Their hunt had taken them from far from home. Not wanting to test the extent of his abilities, they thank the wizard, whom they later discover is known as Zero of Elnon. Realizing what stands before him, Zero takes his leave. Treading his way back to the path, he picks up his boar carcass as he mutters, how do I always find myself in the right place at the wrong time? He knows no one is going to believe that the legends were true. Gildar snatches his map out of his makeshift backpack. 
dismissing the main routes, he decides they need to cut west through the woods, knowing running into anyone who would present a problem. Who wouldn't do anything to get their hands on Dorwin's gold? They attempted dragging the treasure chest full of joy-inducing emeralds and gold along the ground, but it proved to be far more difficult than they had anticipated. Being the smarter of the two, Phineas swaddles his way toward the clearing, leaving his brother to guard the treasure. He sees farmland and thinks maybe he can find something useful. He approaches a crude, dilapidated shed. In it, he, dis he discovers a small cart, probably for harvesting crops. Pleased, Phineas grabs it as he starts heading back, but not before picking some berries and stocks of corn to take with him. Making it home could get rough. They were able to use some pieces of firewood they had gathered from earlier in the night to hoist the treasure chest into the cart, to which they affixed their food and supplies. Gildar takes off his shroud and covers it up the best he can. It was obvious that they were moving something, something that they did not want anyone to know about. Their voyage to the home to Torith seemed to present little challenge. Seemed to present little challenge, avoiding main trails, sleeping in shifts, pondering what they were going to do with their newfound fortune. I shall build a palace," remarks Gildar, "with a drawbridge and a moat to protect me and my only, with dozens of servants to do my bidding." My his brothers chime in. "I shall build a hundred palaces within a hundred with a thousand servants." They continue on their way, staying alert. Zebra returns to the site the next evening, only to find the corpse, human, and wheel tracks leading to the west. What was a human doing all the way out here, he thought. Hey, you! shouts the approaching farmer, also an orc, but quite a bit older than Zero. Why are you digging up my land? What did you do with my cart? Growing angrier by the second, he notices the corpse as Zero takes a step back. What is going on here? I, uh, I didn't do this. I saw two goblins out here last night, though. I was hunting out and clearing away. Zero didn't want to tell the truth, but it just oozed out of him as he was caught off guard. Hogwash! You are to be charged with murder! I think they said they were from Torith. Zero exclaims. Why would someone from Torith be all the way out here? Come with me! You're going to jail! The bulky farmer reaches out his arm as to restrain the wizard. Zero reaches up to the sky. An aura swirls around into a spinning cloud. I told you I saw them last night. Gildar and Phineas of Torith. He states as he ascends into the air. They found Dorwin's gold. It was buried right here in your farm. And then they killed this human who was following them. The farmer, not intimidated by magic, continues his allegations. You kill this human and we're going to bury him in this hole. Dorwin's gold is just a tall tale. Call the guards, there's been a murder, he shouts to his son. He stands near the shed. The son takes off to his father's steed. I speak the truth, sir, states the wizard who is now floating backwards. Once the guard showed up, I'm screwed, he thinks. Totally screwed. If the farmer doesn't believe me, why would anyone else? He makes up his mighty runs. Zero turns to the west, to very woods that the wheel tracks led into. He takes course. Flying faster and faster, there was no way the farmer and his son could ever catch up to him, even on horseback. The wheel tracks disappear within seconds. He is on the run for being in the right place at the wrong time yet again. He's got it in quotations. Finish laughs at his rations. The feeble, lanky goblin Phineas rides on top of his cart while his brother drags it along. They've grown somewhat cocky as they've had good luck at hiding their findings. Passersby have proved not to be very inquisitive about their large, blustering barnacle. They decided to take the main trail back into Torith. No one from their hometown would ever cross them, the well-socialized, adventure-seeking brothers. The pitter-patter of hooves evokes the, from the trail ahead. It swells into the sound of multiple pairs of hooves. They decided they should probably get off the trail, just in case. A simple scan of the landscape reveals a boulder, more than big enough to hide them, and their belongings, twenty feet to the right. Humans in Torith? Gildar softly bellows, unnoticed as he peers into the cavalcade of humans trudging along the trail. Humans and goblins rarely get along, each race loyal to their kind, and generally stay away from the opposite race. What could they be after? He thinks as he is starting to feel uneasy. Once the trail is clear, they continue. 
concerned about what the humans could possibly be doing in their beloved hometown, so far away from their own land in the north. Bewildered, they continue on their way. They start recognizing familiar points of interest along the trail. The fishing stream, trees the town's children carved their initials in. They knew they were getting close. Dripping with excitement, they hurry along, not only hundreds of meters away. Gildar counting the seconds till he can finally hold his... <coughs> Hold his only once again and make all of her wildest dreams come true moves increasingly faster. He pays no mind to the fact that the shroud has become askew as the treasure chest is now obvious. The rickety cart creaks along the way. A crowd forms and around the goblins as the town people greet them. <laughs> Many familiar faces welcome them home. The natives dance to a merry flute song. A celebration ensues. No one from Toriath has ever reached such an amazing achievement. Reaching the door of the shack, Gildar takes a deep breath, holding the treasure chest now, ready to present it to his only. Phineas opens the door, revealing a trail of blood. The trail leads to the back corner of the shack. Dropping the treasure, he runs to her side, a fresh chest wound. He cradles her lifeless corpse as he starts to... No! I did it all for you! Why? <laughs> he roars as he runs outside. The music seems to dissipate and all eyes are on him as he demands, Who did this? I want names! He pulls out a sword and waves it at the crowd. No one says anything. It's dead quiet. The local barkeep reports seeing a caravan of humans. I vow to kill every last human until I find out who did this. Gildar screams, babbling to the sky, dropping his long sword to the ground. We have to save her, looking at a scraggly brother bearing a long face, feeling beaten. There has to be a way. There could be a way, Phineas replies, looking down at the treasure. He grabs Gildar's backpack and stuffs in as much gold as it can hold. We shall seek Zira of Elnar. Perhaps he can return life to her with his magic. Did he not heal us? Having nothing to lose, Gildar agrees. They wait till the sun goes down and bury the bulk of the treasure under their shout, under their shack. Gildar dresses his lady in her favorite, most beautiful gown and places her in the back of the cart. Once again, they set off, this time on the main trails. After burying the hot sun all day, the corpse starts to stink of rotting flesh and they decide to stop for the night. Gildar heads off into woods to gather firewood as Phineas climbs a tree from which to track a doe in the distance. Part 2 Hey guys, hey fatties, it's your boy Tom Blinn, about to read some of motherfucking Dark Brigade Darwin's Gold by me, Tom Blinn, bitches. Alright, you ready? Let's go. Zero had taken shelter in a cavern, to hide, to ponder his next move. What can I do, he thinks. He knows he can't return to Elnar, the modern, hustling, bustling city, where wizards and magic were the norm. Wizards had been advised not to leave Elnar, as not all of the creatures in the land would be as accepting, accepting of their mystical ways. <clears throat> as not all of the creatures in the land would be as accepting of their mystical ways. Those that did were known to be accused of witchcraft, sometimes being burned at the stake, those unresistant to fire anyway, or even beheaded. He didn't want to be pinned to the murder of the human back of the farm, but what he really didn't want was to be executed. He takes a step out of the cavern. He sees a doe to the left. He squats down, one foot inside his home for the eve, and thinks about how he should attack it. He hasn't eaten in days, let alone experienced such a feast that this, anim that this size an animal could provide. Thwack! An arrow hits the deer and it falls to the ground. Someone is nearby. They're tracking me. Someone is. They must be! He decides to go on the offensive. A quick chant and he develops a green protective aura, and then a second one begins to grow within it. Purple. He rises within the midst of the now-swirling, multicolored cloud. The illuminated landscape reveals the two goblins who committed the treacherous deed that has landed him in so much hot water and their cloaked, covered cart. You are the goblins that killed the human to which I have been accused of. And now I shall take my prize, he announced angrily. He reaches his arm out and exudes a stream of magic towards the back of the cart, to what turns out is not a treasure at all. As he lifts it into the air, Yildar's nostrils flare as he roars. Unhand my love, you evil creature! She has already gone! <clears throat> 
What have you done with the treasure? Zero asks, still hovering. The corpse is now sprawled out upright in the air, floating above the Goblin Brothers. Phineas jumps out of the tree and opens Gildar's backpack. We have come seeking you, Zero of Elnar, he shouts, showing him the gold they brought with them. We need you to use your magic to heal her, to return life to her. The filthy humans have slain her in retaliation of the death of their own, Gildar interrupts, and we shall kill every last one of them until we find the ones that did it. Zero lowers himself and the corpse to the ground. Gildar runs to the corpse and hold it, <clears throat> and holds it as Phineas proudly engages the wizard. Help us, and we shall reward you with the gold you see here. Zero looks closely at the bag. He knows it's enough gold to make him as wealthy as he could ever imagine. He decides to help. I cannot return life, for I am merely a wizard, not a necromancer. Gildar runs to him, sword at the ready. Then what good are you? You are the one who gave the humans our names. It must have been you. You are the reason she is dead. He snarls wildly, holding his blade to the wizard's chest. He looks to his brother for approval. Zero quickly starts chanting up another spell as Phineas yells, Brother, no! What are necromancers? He signs to Gildar to lower his sword. I can only perform mid-range levels of magic as you see. Necromancers can perform one of the highest levels of magic, pertaining to souls and the dead. I did not give up your names to the humans. It must have been the farmer who owned the land where you found the gold. He accused me of killing the humans. Now I am on the run. I shall lead you to the necromancer if your offer still stands. If your offer still stands. There have been talks of them residing in the Forgotten Woods. We could not make it through the Forgotten Woods. Legend has it those who enter never return, Phineas states. Ah, but none of those who speak of the legend has a wizard with them. Zero playfully snaps the deer car <coughs> Zero playfully zaps the deer carcass and it disappears, reappearing in front of the brothers. He grows more confident as he can tell the goblins are still impressed by magic. He knows he still has a chance to get a piece of Dorwin's gold. Their journey now takes a sharp turn to the south, towards the Forgotten Woods. Zero leads the way, elaborating on the ways of wizards and necromancers as they pay close attention. The brothers grow weary from the hot sun. They decide to take rest as they prepare themselves for the journey that lies before them. Turn back, brother. You don't have to do this, Gildar says to his brother, stirring the campfire with a stick. There's no guarantee that we will make it out. With a stick? <laughs> <laughs> it's with, with a stick. With his dick. <laughs> with his dick. With his dick. Good. I need a sip of beer anyway, bitch. Extreme close-up. <laughs> totally wigged out. <laughs> that was, uh, what's up, Rush? That was Rush, um... Red Barchetta reimagined. <clears throat> His battery is about to eat a big shit, so we're going to try to finish this up quick, folks. <clears throat> Where was I? <clears throat> we could not make it through the Forgotten Woods. Legend has it that those who enter never return, Phineas states. Ah, but none of those who speak of the legend has a wizard with them. Zero playfully zaps the deer carcass and it disappears, reappearing in front of the brother. <laughs> Stir it with his dick. <laughs> with his dick. <laughs> with his dick out. Totally dicked out. Totally dicked out. <clears throat> Fucking dick anus. Uh, oh, dick I'm going to put a dick anus right there because I got queued up for the first podcast. Dick anus. anus. <coughs> Placeholder for dick anus. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> They're more terrible than they are funny, though. They really are. If they wanted me to go on tour with them. 
Look how big the zigzags are for the burp compared to, you know, everything else. Magic. Dark, Dark magic. magic. <laughs> <laughs> God, two more pages? Shit. Like, I've already done voices for different characters and then realized, oh, that's totally not his voice at all. Oops. Yeah. I was like, I'm just going for it. He, it's, it's his problem now. Fuck. Fuck him. His problem. I tried it. I did a goddamn intro. No, what about like us? Like, yeah, it's gonna be next. So you know, it's Fat Joe and Dirty Glenn or whatever. Barry. Or like, not Dirty. <laughs> I'm not calling you Dirty. You know what I mean? No, Barry. Barry. <laughs> we probably. <coughs> My name is Dick Blister, signing on. All right, continue. He grows more confident as he can tell the goblins are still impressed by magic. He knows he still has a chance to get a piece of Dorwin's gold. Their journey now takes a sharp turn to the south, towards the Forgotten Woods. Zero leads the way, elaborating on the ways of wizards and necromancers as they pay close attention. The brothers grow weary from the hot sun. They decide to take rest as they prepare themselves for the journey that lies before them. Turn back, brother. You don't have to do this, Gildar says to his brother, stirring the campfire with a stick. There is no guarantee that we will make it out. Offended, Phineas stands up. You are my brother. You need me as I need you, and that shall be the end of this. The sky darkens as as they reach the edge of the woods, the corpse now well rotted adding a distinct foul odor to their unhopeful mission. By this point, Zero has abandoned all thoughts of treachery. Where would I take it to anyway, he thinks. He knows that his best shot is to befriend them. Standing towards Gildar and Phineas, his back to the woods, the wizard has an announcement. There is one thing we need to do before we enter. I need you to take off your armor and weapons and lay them here on the ground. Like hell! You are just trying to leave us vulnerable so you can make off with our gold! I've been here before. You cannot face the peril that lies within these woods with your crude weapons. I need to enhance them, make them far more powerful. He explains as he floats into the air. You must do it! He shoots lightning into the sky. No! They proceed to gather their weapons and armor and lay them out on the ground. Phineas is intrigued by the notion of having more powerful weapons, while Gildar is still skeptical. He doesn't like being without his blade. He breathes deep and slowly as he stares at the flying wizard, having a look in his eyes that seems to say something about the rage that lies within him. Zero conjures up an enchantment spell. It grows bright blue, reflecting in the pitch black sky. It picks up each weapon individually, and the blue spell seems to engulf them, then glow red hot, and then fire rolls over them. They grow in length and thicken. They have been forged. They have been forged anew. Once the weapons have been enchanted, Zero, still floating in the air, proclaims, From this moment forward, we shall all be brothers. We must rely on each other to make it to the necromancer we seek. I hereby declare us brothers three as the Dark Brigade of the North. Gildar's newly enchanted longsword gently floats into his hand. He looks at it and notices the newly formed emblem that is embossed into it. D.B. Donkey boner, he thinks. (laughs) (laughs) Donkey boner. Donkey boner. Oh, where where was that? He looks at it and notices the newly formed emblem that has been embossed onto it. DB. He grins and swings it in the air. Phineas anxiously reaches out for his bow and grips it for feel. He finds the same DB emblem. They all grin as they all take a look at each other and step into the woods. 
A couple of hundred meters in, the path seems virtually non-existent. They decide to leave the cart. Zero and Phineas take what they can carry, and Gildar picks up his lady, easily carrying her as they make their way. Little could stop him from getting what he needed. A screeching sound, almost deafening, emits nearby. Phineas knocks an arrow and takes a stance. Gildar lays the corpse on the ground so he can crouch along with Zero. <coughs> Phineas shoots an arrow and is amazed by the sparkling magic trail that follows it. The arrow hits nothing... The arrow hits nothing, but the glow from the trail is enough to see the colony of bats in the distance. Not just any bats. Giant ones, big enough to put the fear of God into anyone who might encounter them. Overwhelmed, he knocks another one, trying to start lessening their numbers, so that the group of goblins could continue on. Wait! Zero quickly states as he touches the tips of the arrow, setting it ablaze. He shoots the arrow, and it lands in the wing of one of the bats, one to the right of the colony. It shrieks horribly as it spins its way towards the ground. Fully ablaze, the colony erupts, flying straight towards the tri trio. Follow me! Phineas exclaims. He noticed a hole in the ground a few meters in front of them while the second arrow was in flight. He runs forward and dives into it, followed by Zero. The colony gets closer and closer with each second. Gildar isn't sure that he will make it into the hole by the time the bats get to him. He picks up his beloved wife with his left arm, and with his right, he pulls out a dagger and leaps into the hole, stabbing a bat in mid-air on his way in. Wow! From inside the hole, the group sees hundreds of giant bats fly by, temporarily blocking the view of the moon that particular hole seemed to provide. Zero shoots a spell. <laughs> Zero shoots something. Zero shoots a spell at the top of the hole, as to prevent any of joining them. Any of them joining them. The bat that Gildar stabbed on the way in takes flight again, flapping and shrieking as it crookedly circles the tight area. The muscle-bound beast-like Gildar eyes it. The muscle-bound beast-like. Gildar eyes it and reaches back. He punches toward it, just missing. He groans and reaches back again, then suddenly, THWACK! Phineas had struck it in the head with his bow. It falls to the ground, and Gildar pulls his dagger out of it and stabs it one more time. Just to be sure, he says as he exhales. Only being a few meters wide, the hole provides little room to move around. Gildar... <clears throat> yeah. Gildar goes to move his bride into a better position, as the one provided by the fall was quite unflattering. Thud. His wife's knee had activated a switch that lay underneath a layer of leaves and activated a door to the right. Behind Zero... Oh, reread. The wife's knee had activated a switch that lay underneath a layer of leaves and activated a door to the right behind Zero. The door, which the eye wouldn't recognize as a door, had opened. It opened to reveal a dank, long hallway just large enough for Gildar to have to hunch over to walk through it. <coughs> it could be a trap, says Zero. <laughs> it's a trap! It, <laughs> it's a trap! It could be a trap. It could be a trap! said Zero, unsure if they should pursue it. <laughs> We're no strangers to traps. We're no strangers to traps. <laughs> Intergalactic kegger. Hello. Hello, colleagues. <laughs> We're no strangers to traps, remarks Phineas. He steps over confidently and then leans in and takes a look at the foggy path. Gildar quickly replies, It's either this or the bats, as he picks up his backpack and wife. <laughs> as he picks up his backpack and wife. He decides that he can't carry both at the same time and hunch down. He trades Phineas his lady for his bow and quiver, because he needed that more than his wife. Cool. They walk through the mysterious passage. Gildar is in the lead, ready for action. Phineas is in the middle, trying to find a better position to carry the corpse. Zero nervously had the rear. They walk and walk for what seems like forever. The walls feel endless. The decrepit stench was making them feel uneasy. How long is this hallway? What is it for? They thought. Finally, they come to a dead end. They look to the left and see the same type of moss-covered door. <clears throat> they look to the left and see the same type of moss-covered door as the one that opened on the hole. Phineas hands off the corpse to Gildar and stomps around on the ground, trying to feel for a switch. He hits one on his fourth try. The door opens. Another endless hallway appears. This time he takes the lead, only carrying his bow, quiver, and the backpack. Zero still in the rear. This passage looked quite similar to the first one, but with remains of creatures her weren't were <clears throat> but with remains of creatures her weren't 
but with remains of creatures who weren't so lucky appearing every once in a while. They've come to another dead end. They look to the left and right, same as the first one. Phineas, facing the door to the left, activates the switch. Two arrows shoot out the door behind him. One either, one arrow on either side of him barely misses his slender frame and sail firmly down the hallway. This hall is just the same as the first two. Same size, same smell, same dead end. This time he knew better when he activated the switch. This time he stood back and used his bow to hit it. Same two arrows shot out of the wall to the right. The fourth hallway was the same as the first three, but the smell was worse. It looks like there were even more not-so-lucky creatures. The trio, hoping not to... <clears throat> the trio, hoping to not become like them, make their way to the end. This time they found no switch on the ground. Further investigation revealed it was in the ceiling, but with the same arrow trap. This time, the door opened to a hallway to the left, and the hole they came in through to the right. Well, this was worthless, says Gildar as he crawls through the hole. They take a break and wait until the sun comes up before venturing any further. Hey guys, it's me. Uh, I just want to apologize before I play my part, the third part. Uh, I was really fucking wasted by the time we got to me, so... Uh, yeah, whatever. Alright, enjoy. Are we rolling? Alright. What's up, yo? What's up, fatties? Uh, it's your boy here. What's up, Tom Bland? What's up? Fucking keeping it fresh up in this bitch. I'm about to hit you with a third part. Dark Brigade. Dorwin's go my book. Fucking keeping it fresh up in this shit. Part three. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Even during the day, the forgotten woods seemed dark. The treetops seemed to form a gloomy shield of sorts. It had a way of torturing you with its endless darkness, making you question if you could truly handle the misery that it entails. The unjust sorrow of fallen spirits echo within it. Eventually, they come to a statue, an old and decrepit dick. <laughs> it looks like it was created eons ago. Covered in moss, eat a dick, Joe. The tip extends high above the treetops. Okay, we're in the right place. I've been here before. Zero brushes off the plaque on the bottom of it. This must be the compass. What compass? Gildar inspects what looks to be a statue of a god. This means we are in the middle. We need to go east. See how his arm points to the east and his opposite foot points to his dick. Why east? <laughs> Necromancers usually draw the east woods. It's the only place in the land where they can find the quartz that they need to make the ambulance that they need. Ambulance. The ambulances that they need. Ambulance. The amulets that they need to harness the power to perform that level of magic. But you don't need an amulet to do magic, do you? States Gildar. He steps away from the statue. No, my magic is natural. Amulets can only amplify the magic that you naturally have. Only meters away from the statue. Something starts to feel a little odd. More odd than usual. Oh, excuse me. My mouth is all super wet. There's magic nearby. I can feel it. Whispers Zero. Gilder. Gilder. Gilder hands off his only to Phineas and stands ready. A whirlwind of dirt and what seem like souls approaching the gang. Oh my god, how many drinks have I had? Oh my god, a whirlwind of dirt and what seem like souls approaches the gang. Agonizes, agonizing faces appear for only a split second before continuing in the rotation. It flails wildly, an out-of-control storm of the unknown. It stops 20 yards out, and the earth opens. A glowing skeleton rises out of it as the whirlwind dissipates, sword and shield in hand. Oh my god, what's gonna happen next? I can't wait. It runs full speed up the trio. Phineas drops the maiden and scatters to knock an arrow. 
Gildar pulls out his long sword and growls as he runs at it. Zero proclaims, This is why I enchanted your weapons. Gildar jumps and spins, swinging his mighty longsword and hitting it in the ribs. The skeleton swings his sword, missing Gildar as he instinctively ducks underneath it. Phineas releases an arrow that bounces off its shield. Another one sets sail, sticking into its skull. Enraged, Gildar groans and swings again, severing the skeleton's head. Their bones fall to the ground and disappear. They feel relieved and joyous to have defeated such a foe with such ease. They continue east, and Zero begins to announce that there is sure to be a necromancer afoot, and is cut off by the sound of another whirlwind. This time it slows down. The ground opens, and a dozen glowing skeletons rise, ready to battle. Zero instantly starts conjuring up a spell as Gildar pulls out his longsword yet again. He runs into the group as he swings and dodges their incoming fat cocks. He smashes one with his shield. <laughs> he, <laughs> he smashes one with his shield in one hit to the left and dodges an incoming blade to the right. An enemy blade connects with him, leaving a large cut on his side. Zero shoots a spell at the, gra- at the crowd. A thick stream of ice pulsates out of the wizard's hands. The group is frozen, including Gildar, from the ground up to their necks. Zero runs to Gildar and zaps him with magic. The ice melts and he is free. Phineas and his brother spread out through the group, making sure to behead each one of them. As the skulls fall to the ground, the skeletons disappear, leaving empty blocks of ice in the wake of battle. You know what? I don't even remember that part from writing it. But it's pretty fucking tight ass, isn't it? Sweet. Sweet, bro. Anticipating more skeletons. <laughs> They're on for... A wide on. <laughs> He's got a wide on. Like a thick blowjob. Super thick of a blowjob. Anticipating more skeletons. They're on for a different surprise. A mysterious figure rises out of the hole and a mysterious figure rises out of the hole ahead. Emitting smoke, it floats high above the ground. The only thing they can make up for sure is an ambulance shining. An ambulance shining. <laughs> an ambulance with his lights on. Ambulance. 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 What's that? What's that medicine called? Ambien? Am some ambience. All right. <laughs> All right. <sighs> Hanging around the cloaked figure's neck, you dare enter these woods? What do you seek? The figure's eyes glow white. We are the Dark Brigade of the North, and we seek a necromancer. A nut romancer. We are not brothers. <laughs> da Venture Brothers. We are the Venture Brothers. The group stands proudly. Lightning cracks. I am the necromancer known as Malzahar. Why do you seek a necromancer? He floats down to the ground in front of him. Still, they can't make out any of his features as his long black cloak covers him almost completely, except for his fat cock hanging out. Gildar lays on his fat cock in front of him. Wait, that's not right. Gildar lays on fat cock. Wait, that's <laughs> Gildar lays his beloved in front of him. Filthy humans killed my love, and we present you, we present her to you now, asking you to return her to life. Why would I do that, Malzahar asks. Why should I not take her soul, as well as yours, to add to my rather large collection? We are very wealthy, replies Phineas. He opens the backpack, showing him the gold they have in tow. We have more back in Torath. Torath, eh? He chuckles. (coughs) 
Malzahar agrees to, reanim to reanimate the corpse of Gildar's wife. He starts chanting in a language similar to Zero's. He slowly floats into the air. The sky flashes, blindingly bright as lightning cracks. A green aura of souls spins in a cloud over his head. The ambulance around his neck glows brighter as he chants louder. I have to call it an ambulance now. You understand why. <laughs> the decayed wife lifts off the ground, her arms open wide, wind flowing through her hair. The brothers are filled with excitement. Zero feels proud to have been able to deliver on his word. Their adventures seem to be coming to an end. They have made it further than they have thought possible, and finally it was about to pay off. Malzahar has built up enough power, and he casts it at her. Whoosh! Magic envelops her. She shimmers from bottom to top and slowly twirls in the air as she is filled with life. Her skin returns back to its original state. She glistens as she floats down to the ground. Gildar holds out his arms. <laughs> Excuse me. As to embrace the love that he had put in. <laughs> the love that he had put it all on the line for. She lands in his arms and he hugs her. He whispers, I love you, my darling, and he squeezes her tighter than ever before. She looks at him with her light green eyes, the same light green eyes that she had always had. She squeezes him again. Malzahar lands behind her and looks somewhat winded from casting such a powerful spell. He snaps his fingers as the sky flashes blindingly. Her skin returns to its undead state, and her eyes turn red. Gildar is shocked. His stomach falls past his feet before he has a chance to react she reaches behind him pulls his long sword out of its sheath oh shit she thrusts it into his chest into the very heart that is breaking and says shockingly i love you too darling but not your fat cack and then he falls to the ground i don't know what's up with the fat cocks in this book man it's weird well, you got if you got a fat cock, you got to throw it out there and see what happens. I did. I mean, you know what? Fucking orcs and shit got huge orc cocks. They probably do. Cannon, dude. It's anatomically correct. Malzahar lowers his shroud to reveal his human face. You must be the filthy goblins that's found Doran's gold and killed my cousin at the farm in Elnar. And now you shall pay. He hovers two meters in the air. We spent months looking for that treasure, and it is rightfully ours to keep. Your cousin was a lousy thief, and he deserved to die. Phineas shrieked. He wasn't going to let this human get the best of him. Not after what he's been through. He pulls an arrow out of his quiver and takes aim. Zero knows that he is no match for the necromancer. But he also knows that he can re-kill the wife. Is that right? He, re he can re-kill the wife so that she can no longer cause any more pain to his newfound crew. He lunges at her, past Gildar, whose body lies bleeding on the ground. He tackles her to the ground and strikes her across the neck with Gildar's sword. Beheaded, she disintegrates just like the skeletons before. Phineas releases an arrow. Malzahar disappears just a moment before the enchanted arrow would have made contact. The necromancer appears next to the slender goblin and blasts him with a stream of magic. The blast sends Phineas into some nearby brushes a few meters away. Malzahar turns to Zero and says, You are fools to seek out a necromancer. Now I shall have your souls. not over. I just need a drink break real quick. I'm just gonna um, slap out a big old fat bass solo real quick and just blow your mind so I'm gonna rock your body all night long. <laughs> we'll finish the story tomorrow. <laughs> bass solo is my thing. Fine, it'll be a guitar solo, but, but you know what? The guitar doesn't have a Floyd Rose on it, so we're not gonna be able to send the squeals out into outer space into the stratosphere. So that's an issue. Why would you even do a guitar solo if you're not going to shoot it onto the stratosphere with a fucking Floyd Rose? The fuck, Glenn? Can we get into atmosphere? <laughs> I can't. I don't think you can. All of the spheres 
all it's, together. Yeah, it's like VIP. You can bend a note, you can bend a harmonic up, but it's not, it's gonna, eh, yeah, it'll be like the omnisphere. Can you break it? I mean, can you break it, for real? Break what, the string? Or the guitar? Or the stratosphere? I think he's talking about shattering your reality, bro. Well, I'm gonna need another beer if my reality's gonna get shattered. Uh, Alright. I just finished off my shot, you fucking... You, you fucking, mm-hmm. Fuck you, all the shot was at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> Shut up. Alright, hold on. Where are we at? Where are we at? Bra, 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 bra. Yeah, we're all up inside of your booty. I mean... Mm. Yeah, that's what I Alright. Zero sees Phineas knocking another arrow in the br- bushes behind Malzahar. He knows that he needs to stop them. Hold on a second. He knows. That's all they <laughs> Who the fuck wrote this trash? This is dumb. I'm sorry, but this is dumb. And then I fucked up because I'm fucking drunk. You know what, Glenn? You know what? I don't know. Thank God I called second, not last. God, you know what? It's my fucking show, and I fucked it all up. Yep. No. <laughs> no, dude. All right, look at my balls. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was actually trying to get an angle at your ball. I was like, hey. Why don't we just show, show our balls, and that'll just be the end of it? Uh, I'd rather not. No, dude. <laughs> we don't want to show our balls. <laughs> Camera knows what's up. All right. Are you sure? Yeah, it is. Hell yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Continue, please. I meant, I meant now. Like, proceed. Sorry. So I guess there was an issue with the mic after that point. Um, so I have to go ahead and reread the rest of my section. Um, I'll go ahead and do that now. Zero sees Phineas knocking another arrow in the bushes behind Malzahar. He knows that he needs to keep the necromancer distracted so Phineas can take the shot. He stands up to Malzahar, stating firmly, No, sir, you shan't have mine. Malzahar laughs, leaning towards the inferior wizard. He inhales, choosing the words he's about to utter when, Or oh, mine! Phineas screeches from the bush, his bow drawn proudly. Zero zaps the arrow with magic, setting it ablaze as it is released. Malzahar turns towards the archer, just in time for it to sink into his neck. It severs the leather necklace that held his amulet. He doesn't notice at first. His oversized cloak turns to flames. Gah! He goggles in pain. He tries to put it out with his magic, but cannot concentrate enough due to his newly inflicted wound. He writhes around on the ground next to Gildar's now lifeless corpse. He tries again to put out the flames and realizes his power is depleted. He feels around his neck to find no amulet. He knows what must have happened. Panicked, he calls out with the last bit of breath he can muster. Dantesca! Zero picks up the amulet off the ground. He squeezes it in his hand and feels a sudden surge of power pulsate through his body. It is a feeling of raw power, more extreme than he could ever have dreamed. He tilts his head back to the sky and reaches his arms out. He charges up a spell. Colors swirl and spin while he chants his indecipherable language. He rises into the air. Continuing to build his spell, he notices something in the distance. Something seems to be flying at him with incredible speed. He has to make a choice. Shoot whatever is in the distance or finish off Malzahar. He decides to shoot his spell at whatever is coming at him in the distance. Malzahar is basically dead anyways, he thinks. Satisfied with the power he has built, he discharges it as a beast. It sweeps down out of the way. The long, scaly, winged beast comes to a halt above his master, Malzahar. The real Phineas can't help but say, standing in awe. They've always been real, replies Zero. He has seen dragons before and knows what is about to happen. He leaps in between Phineas and his brother and builds up a quick spell and releases it, creating bubble of sorts to shield himself, Phineas and Gildar. The dragon roars, spewing fire at the trio. Zero holds out both of his arms, flowing magic to keep the bubble thick. 
The dragon distributes another blast of fire to the area, setting fire to the area outside the bubble. It lifts Malzahar up off the ground with his tail and flings it up onto his back. And with one more blast of fire, it soars back into the sky, into what could be forever. Zero and Phineas sigh and look at each other. Phineas looks at his brother, covered in blood. You have to bring him back, my brother. I can try, but we must exit these godforsaken woods first. Take my hand. Phineas takes Zero's hand, and with his other, he takes Gildar's hand. Zero mumbles a phase, a phase, a phrase, and they are off. They fly high into the sky and above the gargantuan trees. The dragon and necromancer are nowhere in sight. It takes them only minutes to cover the same ground that had taken weeks to traverse on foot. They arrive in the woods near Torith and take shelter in the cabin in the cavern that Zero had taken shelter in previously when he was staying where when he was staying when he ran into the brothers the second time they met? I don't know. Phineas lays Gildar's body on the ground while Zero prepares himself for a spell that he has never attempted. He is nervous. He had never wanted to use an amulet to increase his power, but now that he has tasted, there is no turning back. He starts chanting, and an aura forms in his claw. It steadily grows larger, turning into a cloud. He rises above the ground, holding his arms out as they fill with magic. Gildar's body begins to float. Zero fires all the magic that he possibly can gain at his friend. He feels it flowing out of him into the beast that threatened to kill him twice, the beast that had become his brother. Gildar's eyes open as he springs back to life. His wounds close as he descends to the ground. Phineas's face turns red with delight. Brother, you live, he states. Yes, Gildar retorts. What happened? Did we lose her? Phineas and Zero hold their heads to the ground, as does Gildar, as his memory becomes clearer. He asks questions as to place the events in the proper order, and decides to lie down while he processes the information. As soon as he wakes up, he stands and proclaims, I know what we must do. We must use our treasure to create an army and rage war against the humans. Phineas stands up. I am with you, my brother. Zero stands up as well. As am I, my brothers. You know who's not fucking disgusting? People I want to have sex with. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) 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 Oh, yeah, that guy. Oh, you're you're talking about... That's not actually who we're talking about. You talking about Tress guy? Well, no, I'm talking about real life. Ed. Uh. <laughs> what? <laughs> you can say his first name, don't say his last name. Okay. His last name is Griffin. Ed <laughs> Griffin. You can say his first name, don't say his last name. He's, so his last name is none of your business. It's Griffin. He's the little show. We'll just call him that. Yeah, the little show. He's got. Giant dick, small body, <laughs> Kool-Aid mustache. <laughs> Kool-Aid man didn't have a mustache. <laughs> yeah. I wish you didn't forget what part A of mustache have Kool-Aid when you a kid and you drink Kool-Aid uh, out of a cup and it gives you a red mustache. Yeah. Oh my god. Let me get on the mic. I think we can hear you from there, man. It's making squiggles. <laughs> Go get it on. Don't scream. Oh, what the fuck, Joe? I had a classmate who was not, well, not in my class, but my age bracket. Want to pipe in here, Tom? Look like you got something on your brain. I didn't, like, why are you knocking everything over? That's all. Because I care. All right. Tell me about when you saw your grandma's tits. uh, Later. (laughs) We had this one one motherfucker in my school, and I would only see him, like, on fire drills. (laughs) You know, not, we didn't even have recess together, but I was like, this motherfucker got a juice mustache. Every time I ever Oh my god it made That kid so mad. Was his first name Corey? Uh, you did not go to my school in third grade Well yeah. Okay well wasn't there a guy later in school named, First name yeah, Corey That sounds right That sounds right Everyone must have a Kool-Aid motherfucker In their goddamn life I have no 
idea what Mon's name was, but yeah, he was my enemy. I was against him, and I would never met him in my entire life. That was not the... He was cool as fuck. He was like, ooh, I got me some Nikes. I'm like, yeah, but you got a fucking mustache of, like, red shit on your face all the time. <laughs> Why is your lip always look like a Because my bitch on her rag, motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, yeah. no, motherfucker. That's purple. Like, I don't know what's wrong with your bitch. Like, I want that purple stuff. Juice. I don't know if it, I, I like also want that purple stuff. <laughs> but he can't talk shit when he's like. I don't know what he's trying to say. We've gotten him too high. Sorry, folks. Yeah. Sorry, folks. I completely got lost in my shit. Yeah. Um, he's, he, uh, he's a Muppet. He is a Muppet. We control him through a tooth in his asshole. It's weird. Not, not my jam at all. I feel like this might, yeah, it has stopped recording again. Well, that is because something else. <laughs> yes. Uh, your inability to comprehend recording software is what it seems to be. You know what? Screw you, Joe. I don't see your recording software anywhere. <coughs> no, no. We're, go- we're going to share mics. I hope you know that now, buddy. Ah, uh, your pits smell like my butts. Well, that's weird because I was rubbing your butt on them earlier. <laughs> I believe you. Stop leaning towards me and just we'll share it like this. That 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 that's acceptable, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. No homo. Just uh, just trying to make a podcast no, here. No comma homo. <laughs> no comma homo. Hold on, I'm gonna set up the camera. Cause... I'm gonna scratch my ass because we're all in tight together, real quick. Oh, you know, I need to air out my ass. <laughs> David's gonna ash a cigarette in my ass. Oh my god, don't go in here! Tom's a son of a bitch. I thought he was gonna torpedo my ass crack with some cigarette ashes. He did not. It was my imagination. But he did just step with my foot kind of awkwardly. It was clammy and weird, and I didn't hate it. That's what bothers me the most. I'd like to mention that I'm sacrificing the physical strength of my knees for this podcast. Here I am, down on my knees through this whole thing, just like every other fucking day. And I don't know. We are uh, we're making a podcast, I guess. Uh, you know, Glenn brings up a good point. I just got gifted a chair. Look at these bitches. Look at these bitches without a chair. He did. He did. Fucking Barry with the good goddamn advice. (laughs) (coughs) Oh, yeah. This is garbage. Yeah. Uh, These shouldn't be released. Um, Just saying. I mean, I don't care. Who am I? Some fucking guy. Some fucking guy over here who gives a shit, right? Heh, fuck you. Where do you go to download viruses? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that like dot com, dot org? Like, it, it's dot virus, right? Dot <laughs> 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 herp? No, bitch, you get on your knees. Fuck you, bitch. Go get me the other chair, and I'll I'll sit I'll sit in the bad chair. Okay. I'll fucking stand. Oh, Lord. And a wedgie. Is the camera on now? I fucking hate this. This shit's like the Oval Office. Why is all this shit, like, all these fucking walls I right know. Here, like, all these doors are just, like, I turn around and people just disappear. Tom's doors, he has, it's like, it's like 35 doors all in a row on one wall. And they all go somewhere different. Yeah, it's, it's not Narnia, it's more like, uh, oh, God, I don't, I don't know. Fuck you. Fuck you for asking. <laughs> What? I turn around, there's like 15 different doors in this 
<laughs> oh my god, my butt warts. Alright, so. The leg is touching mine, dude. Well, you know what? Stuff. I'm gonna keep pretending like this mic works, but it doesn't. It doesn't. You're hearing me from the second mic because they're near each other. Alright, well, let's get to it. We finished the book, we all read it, it was fun. What do you guys think about it? My main takeaway is that even after reading a third of it, I have no idea what happened in the book at all, period. Uh, somebody stumbled across something in the beginning, and then there was a dead body, and then then it was my turn to read, and I had no idea what was up. <laughs> God knows that's not the way to learn while you're saying it out loud. Are you kidding me? Uh, and that's what I learned from reading that book. Next. Uh, as I read it, I was trying to, like, keep up, but I felt like there was, like, an overuse of hardcore... Porn. Yeah, hardcore pornography absolutely <laughs> comes up. Uh, it, I mean, it's subtextual, but of course it's there. That's, a, that's a, of course, exactly what I thought about, because it's okay. all that I think about. And I didn't think about that until the third part when... Big dicks and cocks and I was like, at they, first, they at first, I, at, nowhere, at, at, at first, I just, I was just like reading it and I was like, okay, this is a cool story. Okay, I'm, I'm following along. The author's taking interesting twist, yeah. And, and then towards the end, I was like, the Shyamalan twist is that it's just the world's like greatest intro to a real porno. Oh, it's gonna be the best fucking porno ever. This is going to be the worst porno ever. Uh, I mean. I don't know. Maybe you're into bad porns. In which case, yeah, there you go. You know what? What bad porns have you guys seen? Here's I, I've talk. never seen a good porn in my entire life, so I'm not sure what the fuck universe you come from where you've seen a good porn. They all are garbage. It's for fucking whacking my hood, not for theatrical quality. The 65% of the porns I have seen in my life are good porns. Excuse me. I'm going to have to just... Ooh, ooh, you're wrong. Uh, I mean, there's naked people. If you hit that mark, how could it be bad? I mean, it could be good, but the theatrical quality, it's good for getting your dick hard. Uh, is it? <laughs> you, you need I mean, proper lighting and scripts to, to whack your pud, bro? No, I don't. I'm well, then saying, what's the problem? I'm saying they're all bad, but I still watch them. That's how I have a knowledge about all of them. I think we have all, different definitions of good and bad. What's your definition of good acting in a porno? Then? Uh, my dick gets hard and eventually spews white hot anger at at, a, at an unfair god that that's that's when porn is okay uh that's mine as well and i would never award any of them an oscar for doing that because no that's so, not hard to do for me because i have very low standards the worst porn i ever saw which was also kind of the best porn i ever saw was called lord of the g-strings tear me off a piece of that right uh, starring Smirnoff the Wizard with the captivating... Wait, wait, wait. Was that the porno that you made me buy at Easton Mall for you when you were under 18 and it I was over 18? It was. It was. Starring Miss... Uh, it was either Mindy Monday or Misty Monday. Uh, as the titular... No, not titular. Excuse me. That's an incorrect word. Uh, she was, I think, Dildo Saggins? Sounds right to me. And... Went and met Smirnoff the wizard, and uh, I that it was about a G string that had the power to do something. I'm not convinced I ever finished the movie. <laughs> That's uh, you know, look how strong I am. Look how strong I am with your sleeves on your shirt like a pussy. <laughs> Watch you get full sleeve tattoo. What shirt, bitch? Fuck you. Yeah. 
Oh my God, we're on camera. Yeah, Put we are. Put it back on. Put it back on. The fuck just happened? I don't know, but I'm trying to film a porno. <laughs> Wait, maybe I'm not. How many beers have I had? Hail Satan! Not as many as me. I've had seven. I don't know. Wow. Shots. If y'all are trying to fucking film a porno, <laughs> it was just the three of us. <laughs> I forgot to mention that uh, Seth's hot sister was at the house. But with her boyfriend <laughs> while I was there getting the, the uh, You probably shouldn't talk about real dads. people on the podcast. When when I was at Rudiger's house, <laughs> his sister Nadine was there looking hot as fuck with her boyfriend. Uh, so I got my drugs and I left. Story over. I don't know. Mm. Dumb. <laughs> yeah, not a great story. Uh, <laughs> well, fuck. Fuck, <laughs> fuck me in the goat ass. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck me in the goat ass. Uh, wow. Well, this has been a super fun podcast to do. I'm wasted. Are you guys wasted? I'm pretty goddamn. Well, seven out of ten. You know what? I'm gonna. You know what I'm gonna do right now? I'm going to take a second to shoot a special shout out to a fat piece of shit I know named Steve Sightsinger. I love fat bitches. We're going to have him on soon. He fucking loves fat bitches. Just so you guys know, and I just want to like say, Steve, you're a fat worthless piece of trash, but we love you. Outro. Outro. Alright, yeah, kill that.